Welcome to The Rundown, your source for the latest news and updates from the Kansas Legislative Division of Post Audit, featuring LPA staff talking about recently released audit reports and discussing their main findings, key takeaways, and why it matters. I'm Maury Exline. In September 2022, Legislative Post Audit released a limited scope performance audit reviewing connectivity emergency response grants for broadband development, specifically what entities received those grants and where they are located. I'm with Sam Dads, auditor at Legislative Post Audit, who conducted this audit. Welcome to the rundown, Sam. Hi, Maury. Thank you. Let's start here. This audit reviewed the connectivity emergency response grant program for broadband development. Can you give us some background on the program, such as how it started, where funding came from, and who could participate? Sure. So in 2020, the federal government allocated about $1 billion to Kansas in discretionary CARES Act funds, which the state distributed to counties and state agencies. So back in May of 2020, the governor established the Office of Recovery within the Office of the Governor. And also in May of 2020, the governor established the Strengthening People and Revitalizing Kansas SPARC Task Force. So back in July of 2020, Spark allocated about $50 million of CARES Act funds to the Connectivity Emergency Response Grant Program uh, to address COVID-19-related connectivity needs. These grants provided internet service providers and Kansas cities, counties, nonprofit organizations, and non-governmental entities with funds to improve internet connectivity to underserved and unserved locations in Kansas. Uh, Surge was also uh, meant to address the needs of telework, telehealth, distance learning, and other remote business services related to COVID-19 effects. So the governor established the Kansas Office of Broadband Development within Commerce to help improve residents' access to quality, affordable, and reliable broadband. Uh, This office distributed and oversaw search funding. And since its inception, uh, the Broadband Development Office also administered or has administered other programs uh, related to broadband development since 2020, Uh, but we didn't review any of these other programs as part of this audit. So Commerce worked with the Office of Recovery and the SPARC Task Force to develop the framework for surge. Uh, Guidance from the federal government about how states could spend CARES Act funds was very broad. Uh, This means Kansas could tailor COVID-19 recovery programs like surge to address its unique needs, and Commerce then developed an application process and requirements to fit within SPARC's framework. Uh, Some of the main requirements uh, for SURGE applicants was that they be an internet service provider or a Kansas City, county, or nonprofit organization or non-governmental entity. Uh, They had to have the ability to complete their proposed project by the initial CARES Act deadline of December 30th, 2020. Uh, They would need to provide a 20% match for the total project cost and uh, would provide services to Kansas communities that had internet service with less than 25 megabits per second download speeds and less than 3 megabits per second upload speeds. As you mentioned, Surge received $50 million in CARES Act funding. How much of that $50 million was dispersed to grantees, and what kinds of projects did those grants fund? So Commerce awarded about $48.5 million in Surge funding through 66 grants. Uh, These funds went to three types of broadband infrastructure projects. 37, or about 56%, went to projects proposing fiber-to-premise or fiber-to-the-curb. Fiber-to-premise builds a fiber optic line from a central office or edge office to the boundary of a residence, business, or other premise. And fiber-to-curb builds a fiber optic line from a central office or edge office to the curb or driveway of a location, residence, business, or other premise. 
22 grants, about 33% went to projects proposing fixed or mobile wireless. Fixed wireless is a type of internet service that uses broadcast towers to send and receive signals in the form of radio waves. And seven grants, or about 11%, uh, went to hybrid projects proposing a combination of fiber to premise, fiber to curb, or uh, wireless. So individual grant awards also varied. About 79% of surge awards were under a million dollars. Uh, the smallest surge award was $12,000, and the largest was about $6.2 million. Commerce officials also told us they spent about $280,000 for administration and contracting. This means the remaining $1.2 million in surge funding was not distributed, and commerce officials demonstrated they returned unspent surge funds and other unspent relief funds to the state coronavirus relief account. Figure 1 shows 66 applications were approved out of 82. South Central Kansas received the most surge funding, which was about $14 million, about 29% of all surge funds. Southwest Kansas received about $11 million, uh, about 23%, and Northeast Kansas received about $9 million, or about 18%. Uh, these three regions accounted for uh, 47 surge applications, about 57%, and 62% of all requested grant funds. The southeast and east central regions received just over $5 million each, and north central and uh, northwest regions of Kansas received about $550,000 or less, uh, but these regions also requested the lease and search funding. Who determined which projects received funding, and what went into that process? Yeah, so... Commerce officials told us that surge applications were digital and were accepted around August of 2020. Uh, these applications requested technical and non-technical information from the applicant about the proposed projects. So the technical information included things like service location, maps, network architecture, and financial capacity to complete the project. Non-technical information included explanations about how the project addressed the levels of community need and COVID-19 impact benefits. For evaluation, commerce officials explained that commerce staff evaluated the non-technical information on the applications, and there was a technical consulting firm who processed the technical information. And to evaluate the applications, commerce and its consultant created a scoring matrix. Applications could receive a maximum score of 150 points. That was 105 for technical, 45 for non-technical, meaning the technical aspects of projects carried more weight than the non-technical aspects. And commerce officials told us they took other factors into consideration, such as the health needs of homebound patients uh, when evaluating applications. So we reviewed a judgmental selection of 12 scores for four approved applications and two denied applications. Uh, for each application, we selected a high score and a low score to review from the scoring matrix. Commerce evaluated one of the reviewed scores and the consultant evaluated the other in most cases. Our conclusions are not projectable to the surge application population because we reviewed only a small judgmental selection. We also didn't rescore or reevaluate the information contained in the submitted applications. Uh, we only checked to see if a selection of the scores on each of the six scoring sheets made sense based on Commerce's review process. And 11 of those scores we reviewed appeared reasonable based on Commerce's process. We thought one of the low scores could have warranted a higher score based on the information provided by the applicant. However, the effect was negligible because the project still received funding. So once the applications were scored, uh, Commerce officials told us they sent applications uh, that were approved by Commerce and its contractor to an interagency review committee after scoring them. 
members from commerce representing economic development and legislative interests, uh, other state agencies such as transportation, agriculture, and education, and the executive branch chief information technology officer composed this committee. Grant recommendations were then sent to the Office of Recovery for review before final approval. So finally, you mentioned that most projects received funding, but did the audit learn anything about the projects that didn't receive surge funding? Uh, Yeah, so Commerce did deny a few applications um, through its review process. Commerce denied uh, 16 applications, or about 20% of all surge applications. There were a few different reasons for these denials. Uh, The most common one, uh, there were seven denied because applicants requested funds for ineligible purposes, such as for equipment for private businesses. Commerce officials also explained that there were several processes in place to protect surge funds. For example, uh, Commerce told us there was weekly monitoring of projects uh, that were behind schedule and monthly reporting requirements for grantees. Uh, But due to the limited scope of this audit, we were not able to verify Commerce's claims. Sam Dodds is an auditor at Legislative Post Audit. He conducted a limited scope performance audit reviewing connectivity emergency response grants for broadband development, specifically what entities received these grants and where they are located. Thanks for joining me, Sam. Thanks for having me, Maury. Thank you for listening to The Rundown. To receive newly released podcasts, subscribe to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. For more information about Legislative Post Audit and to read our audit reports, visit kslpa.org, follow us on Twitter at KSAudit, or visit our Facebook page.